Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Is the Dan Grosser Show. Bringing in a guy like James Harden, his track record, his affinity for being a transient player, moving from place to place to place to place to place. What the hell you think that's going to rub off on this team? What the hell has James Harden ever won? No, thank you. Let me put it this way. You put James Harden on this team. When should we start the clock about Tom Thibodeau's job security as the head coach of the New York Knicks? Guy plays no defense. You already have Jalen Brunson on this team. How many more teams James Harden got to be on and not win? It's going to be a disaster. Why would you want any part of this? Thanks, but no thanks. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Simply put, move on. Grosser Show, hour number two, Thursday night, 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Remember, quick turnaround for us tomorrow. We'll be in for the guys in the morning on DNR, so we'll talk to you again in, what, from right now? Let's see, 10, uh, yeah, 10 hours. Unbelievable. I should get some sleep now, as a matter of fact. No, we're going to go till the very end. Gordon and Larry are coming up at 10 o'clock, by the way. They'll take it the rest of the evening when we are done. And, yes, we'll talk to you again bright and early tomorrow morning. Basketball in that first hour, NBA free agency and the like getting underway tomorrow evening. But... Also got a lot of baseball to talk about, including what went on last night. And it's funny because you couldn't help but appreciate the irony if you're a baseball fan on Wednesday. Because in the afternoon, you had one team in the city, and their owner was out there, and he gave a state-of-the-franchise address over at the old ballpark. Steve Cohen's up there in his Mets hat, sitting at that nice Mets table there in the press conference room over at City Field, and he's talking about, you know what, I'm not satisfied, the team stinks, but I'm not going to do anything rash. I'm not going to do anything crazy because that would just create headlines. And everybody likes a good headline. Everybody wants a quick fix. Everybody wants a pound of flesh, the whole thing. But I'm not going to do that. But we got to be better, and we only have about a month to try to sway me to think otherwise or else we're going to have to make some choices at the trade deadline. Duh. And the Mets went out there last night and basically looked like they've looked for the first 80 games of the season, pretty much lifeless, and they lose a game to the Milwaukee Brewers. Fast forward a few hours later, you got the Yankees out on the West Coast playing the Oakland A's. And look, it's tough. I don't care if it's your team playing in the game or not. Whenever you see a game in that ballpark, if you want to call it a ballpark, it's tough to really get up for it because it's not major league. It's not first class. It's everything but the polar opposite. So it's an investment. It's late at night. You know, you got to wake up early and go to work, and you got obligations. You got a long day. It's tough to stay up late. But if you did, you got to witness history, and you got to witness something special. And so not only was it just a great contrast in the two baseball teams in one 24-hour period in this city, it really just once again illustrates when you watch a baseball game, whether in person or on TV or whatever it is, the beauty of it 
is that every day, every game, you have a shot at witnessing history. Right? And it's funny because last night I had an eye on the game. But I didn't even know that Herman had a no-hitter until the sixth inning. I looked at the box score and I said, oh, no hits? Wow. And I didn't even realize it was a perfect game until an inning later. And at that point, you're like, wow, this could be something here. And then, of course, you got to stay locked in for the rest of the night until it either ends or the game finishes, one or the other. But when something like this and only 24 of these ever in the history of baseball is what took place, it's pretty special. And it's pretty cool. And it doesn't happen that often because we haven't seen one in now 11 years. And it happened a few times. I remember, it's funny, that summer of 2012 during the baseball season when we had the three perfect games, that was during a period of time. And I remember doing shows then, and and we were kind of kicking around. It's like, boy, the pitchers have too much of an advantage now in baseball. Right? Like, do do fans want to see this with the pitchers just dominating? Right? Got to make things a little bit easier for the offensive players. And then we know how things change, and then they change the balls out, and then we had the record home runs a few years later, and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, nevertheless, to me, it's not the same as whatever sort of history you can witness in other sports. Like, for example, you sit down to watch a regular season football game. It's not that often that a regular season football game is going to be one that, like, stands the test of time. In football, despite the fact that it's the most popular sport, my favorite sport, it's generally the postseason games that stand out, right? That kind of carry on their own legacy, if you will. Like, in a regular season football game, what, what would be the most, like, monumental feat that you could see? A quarterback throw for, like, you know, six, seven touchdown passes? All right, great, big deal, you know? Peyton Manning did that in that season opener against the Ravens when he was with the Broncos on that Thursday night. Didn't he throw for, like, six touchdowns? Okay, great. You know, I don't think we're going to sit there and, like, oh, I was there and I saw that. No. You know, if a receiver goes out there and catches, like, six touchdowns, all right, great. Big deal. It's one game. Running back runs for, you know, 300 yards. Okay, great. You know, what? it happens. Still just one game. Basketball, you know, unless somebody drops, like, 70 points in a game, I don't think we're going to see anybody do a Will Chamberlain and put triple digits on the board, right? But if somebody goes off one night and, and, and has a crazy scoring night, you know, 70, 80 points, you know, as rare as that is, all right, that's a little bit noteworthy. Hockey, if a guy goes off and scores, you know, like has a five or six goal game, okay. But it's different than baseball. You know, it's different than the no-hitter. It's different than a perfect game just because how rare these things are. Remember, they've been playing baseball for over a century. Over a century this has been going on. And just the sheer randomness of it is what I marvel at whenever we have one of these episodes take place, you know? Because no-hitters... Perfect games, they aren't orchestrated by Hall of Fame, you know, Hall of Fame caliber pitchers or all-stars or anything like that. It's the randomness of it. The average Joe could step on the mound, the journeyman pitcher, and he could have the game of his life, and he could either throw a no-hitter or a perfect game. Like, look at the names that have etched themselves in history, and Domingo Herman is the latest. For one night in Oakland, everything that he touched turned to gold. And that's what baseball gives you. And not only that, I mean, think about Herman and the way that he was going last night. And think about how he was throwing the ball leading up to last night's start. His two previous starts, he was garbage. 
had given up 17 runs in his previous two starts. So if I would have said to you, hey, what are the chances that Domingo Herman throws a no-hitter? You probably would have said, no shot. By the way, did anybody pick, um, did they pick Herman in the contest that we do, like for the no-hitter? Uh, that person's got to be kicking themselves. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to remember who you picked Senga. You thought Senga would throw a no hitter last night? Really? Well, Senga, well, the Mets. Who would you have gone for? You've gone for Herman over Senga, given how he was lately. I would have passed the uh, choice to a friend of mine. Probably is that allowed in the game? Is that allowed in the contest? Sure. I would have passed to the other player. I mean, they weren't, look, they weren't great choices either way. Let's be honest. But when it happens, you got to be kicking yourself. Like, uh, it's a coin flip. One or the other. That's all you got to pick. And he picked, the, and the person picked the wrong choice. Oh. That is brutal. Wonder if that person got out of bed today. Anyway. So I'm watching this game last night. And the longer the top of the ninth goes, because the Yankees put together like a long ninth inning. They're stringing together hits. They're tacking on runs. They're doing all these things. And I'm saying to myself, what are you doing? You've got this game won already. You don't have to score any more runs. Meantime, Herman is just doing anything in the world to try to stay busy and to stay loose. He's walking back and forth and this. And I'm like, just get the guy back out on the mound. He's in a groove. He's got the rhythm. Let him pitch and finish this thing off. And it well, he wasn't any worse for the wear. He still was able to go out there and finish off the perfect game. And I'll tell you, he's got his curveball to thank. Does he not? That was his pitch last night. 80% strike rate with the Uncle Charlie. And how about in the eighth inning when he got into a little bit of trouble as far as preserving the perfect game? Jonah Bride was up. Her mom was behind in the count. 3-1. What does he do? You got to throw the ball over the plate? You would think, oh, just throw a fastball, right? For a strike right down the middle? Nope. Curveball. Back to the curveball. Back to the number two. Fouls it off. Next pitch, curveball again. Induces the ground ball out. That is when you know you have everything going the way you want it to. And that's how you end up having a game like last night. And by the way, I'm going to sit here right now, and you guys know, I'm no Yankee enthusiast in any way, shape, or form. Furthest thing from it. But the rhetoric... That this perfect game, we should, you know, take it with a grain of salt because it was against the Oakland A's, who are a fringe major league team. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. It counts just enough the same. It is a major league baseball game. You know, Oakland's won 21 games this year, somehow, some way. I don't know how they did, but they have. Remember they had a seven-game winning streak at one point during the season? Like, those games still count. We're not going to take those losses away from the teams they beat. That's not fair. It's not fair. Counts just the same. It's hard to go up there and retire 27 up and 27 down. I don't care who it is. Remember, this is the pitch clock world now. Pitchers are getting tired, supposedly. Not supposed to be to their advantage, as we've been told. And I understand, look, anytime that we're going to sit here and talk about this and anything involving Domingo Herman before he even threw the perfect game last night, there's a complicated backstory with him. 
And we're not just going to apologize for it and glance over it, but this is a guy who a few years ago did a reprehensible thing, was given a lengthy suspension by Major League Baseball. You didn't even know if he was still going to have a career when it was all over with. He was forgotten man, out of sight, out of mind, and it was by his own doing. No excuses whatsoever. This was all on him. So he had that, and then certainly on a much lesser scale of significance, it's also a guy who had to deal with a foreign substance suspension earlier this season, right? So there have been some episodes here just over the last few years that have factored into his baseball career that made last night, I'm not going to use the word rewarding. He can, but I'm an outsider, right? I would say that it made last night maybe even that much more surprising given everything that he's been through. But it doesn't distract or take away from the accomplishment aspect of it, right? It happened. It counts. And now he is etched in history forever as one of only 24 out of the tens of thousands who have ever stepped on a big league mound in the history of the game. And I think that that should count for something. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Your Yankee calls when we return. Oh, by the way, Yanks actually had another game today. We'll talk about that as well. Grasso with it till 10, 98.7 ESPN. Uh... Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets with a 2 nothing lead over the Milwaukee Brewers as they go to inning number five. Brett Beatty, Brandon Nimmo with a couple of solo homers. We'll talk about the Amazons a little bit later on. Talking Yanks, they finish off a series victory over the Oakland A's here. 11-0 last night on the strength of the Domingo Herman perfect game. And today, a 10-4 thrashing of the Oakland Athletics. And look, you hate to lose that first one, sure. But the Bats woke up in a big way last two days. I mean, 21 runs against anybody over a two-day span is you know, more than above average, and you'll take that. And now you hope you carry this with you over to St. Louis against the Cardinals team, which certainly not as pathetic as the Oakland A's, but the Cardinals are a major, major disappointment this year in that National League. As a matter of fact, I mean, they're getting – Beat up pretty good tonight. Houston's got a 6 nothing lead already on them in the third inning. So the Cardinals are in a world of trouble right now. And for the Yanks to go in there and continue to see if they could keep the Redbirds rolling, that's one thing. The one thing I, I, I do kind of, you know, crack up over 
in the aftermath of that game last night is that people were, oh, you know, maybe this could serve as a kickstart for the Yankees. You know, this Herman perfect game. Maybe this can get the Yankees going here on a nice little run into the All-Star break into the second half. That That's one, though, where I pump the brakes a little. It, it is still the Oakland A's. So, yes, the perfect game counts, the history, all those things. But if you're going to measure yourself about what you do against the Oakland A's, I mean, guys, the Mets swept the Oakland A's out there earlier this season. The Mets. How did that serve as a kickstart for them? Right? So... You still got to take each series as a whole. The Yankees still have problems that they have to fix. All right? You're not going to sit here and judge the Yankees as a whole by what they do in a three-game series against the Oakland A's. They're the worst team in baseball. Yanks have to be better. The offense has to be a lot more consistent. And when they face major league caliber pitching again, then you're really going to get a gauge on this club. You know, we still don't know when Aaron Judge is going to be back. And that's the biggest problem, right, that you have with this team. You, you, you can't sit here and say, oh, Yankees are going to be the Yankees when. I just don't know. Anyway, here's the manager. This is after today's game. Uh, what do you take away from the offense and how they performed in this series? Just some traction for some guys, you know, like obviously JD's come back, hit a couple homers, extra base hit, got robbed of another hit today. Big G getting something going, you know, obviously a couple big swings yesterday, you know, and then all the other guys around contributing. I feel like DJ's, you know, on base three times today and, and probably could have been on base four or five times, got robbed a couple times. So hopefully we keep building on that. Anthony Rizzo got hit in the elbow in this one. They took him out of the game. What about the x-rays, Aaron? What did those read? Just icing just kind of swelled up on him there on that spot. X-rays were negative. So we'll see if he's good enough to go tomorrow. It's probably a day-to-day thing, so we'll see. And what about the effort, lastly? I thought the guys were really energetic, almost that you know, like euphoric. It's like, here we go. Let's go tomorrow. And you're coming off the high of, of Domingo. So I really thought the energy was really good early on. And then just a lot of good at bats. You know, the other thing, too, with the – so that was Aaron Boone. Look, and look, they, they've got some work to do, okay? They're still in a tough spot right now given they play in the American League East. Like, if you look at the way the playoff picture shapes up now, and we're at the midway point, we still got a lot of baseball to play, yes, but we're halfway through, right? We got a lot of data, a lot of info on a lot of these teams. The three wild cards right now are all coming from the East. I don't know if it's going to stay that way at the end of the season. I mean, if I had to wage a guess, I'd probably say not because, guys, the Astros are on the outside looking in right now in the playoffs. The Astros, the defending champs. And they've dealt with more pitching injuries this year and and position player injuries than almost anybody. And yet they're still hanging around. When the Astros finally get a little healthier, when they get Jordan Alvarez back in the lineup, who's to say how effective a Michael Brantley's going to be for him the second half of the season? But I know that the Astros are going to go out there and make a move prior to the deadline to at least give them a chance to get back to where they want to go. Whether it's pitching, whether it's the lineup, Astros, you're going to have to still deal with this team. I don't know if they're as good as they were last year. I don't know if this is World Series caliber team, but they're going to be in the playoffs. So the Yanks have some work to do. Getting Judge back healthy at some point or another, yeah, I I, I think that would be huge. Obviously. Carlos Rodon, when is he going to pitch? Got no idea, but he's got to be able to stay on the mound once he finally does make his season debut here. It's those two that I think are going to really be the ones that determine whether the Yankees fulfill what you expect them to or they come up short once again, and then we're going to have to deal with the whole offseason of the fans complaining about fire this guy, fire that guy, which aren't going to happen, by the way. 
You know, the other thing about that game last night, and, and it's, look, it's the nature of the beast. It happens, right? But it's so rare for an occurrence like we saw in that game with the perfect game. If you're an announcer, you live for those moments, right? That, 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 that's why you get into doing play-by-play because you want to be behind the mic for when monumental moments happen in a given sport, memorable moments, things that are going to be talked about for years and years to come. You know, the call is going to be replayed forever and ever and ever. And so you got Michael, who took the Oakland series off vacation. He's entitled to it, right? But he's watching. you got to be watching that game last night. And I don't care who you are. You could be sitting there saying, ah, you know what, I'm happy for the other guy. You know, in this, and, and I thought Ryan did a great job last night and my buddy Justin Shackle on the radio side of things. You know, think about it. To have an opportunity, you know, you think you're calling an Oakland A's series against the Yankees. You know, you're like, oh, well, maybe not that, not, not that glamorous. It's Oakland, right? Who the hell wants to go there and who wants to sit through an Oakland A's game? Got to witness history. Got to call history. Got to be behind the mic for history. And so anybody who says that, oh, you know what, it, it, I, I, it's no big deal, it, it stings. It hurts. So while it was a great opportunity for some other guys to get an opportunity there to leave their imprint, in a way I feel bad for Mike, truly, you know? But that's baseball, and that's why it's the beauty of it, and in this case sometimes the sting of it is that history can happen on any given day. You just never know, and those calls are going to be repeated for years and years and years to come. I mean, you know, we see the Don Larson. We see the David Cohn. We see the David Wells. Those calls forever. And every time that, you know, they, they play that call again on the Yes Network or where it's going to be somebody else's voice and it's going to feel a little strange. Right? Because Mike's been doing this for how many decades? But I thought those guys, they killed it. They really and truly did. They killed it. And that's all you can ask for, to have that opportunity. But you want to be there for the big moments. The problem is that if it's a regular season game in particular, you just never know when the big moment's going to strike. It could be any moment. Playoffs, you kind of lay that foundation. It's a postseason game, right? Anything can happen. It's October baseball when legends are made. But a regular season on a Wednesday night in late June between, you know, when one of the teams is one of the most pathetic franchises that we have in all the professional sports right now and arguably the worst venue to watch a professional sporting event, you don't think that history is happening on that given night. And it did. 800-919-3776. So the Yanks on to St. Louis. We come back. Got to talk about that other team in town. That other team that, well, the way things look right now, doesn't look like October baseball is going to be in their future. What about these Mets? And what needs to happen next? We'll hear from the owner as well. Grasso Show till 10, 98.7 ESPN. You pick Senga? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's 830 and it's still light out. Love me some summer. Love summer. Remember, we're going to be up even earlier tomorrow, 6 a.m., in for the guys' DNR. So, quick turnaround for yours truly. So, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning because, you know, we're not going to talk to each other much in this spot, in our spot, for a little while, you know, for the summer with vacations and moving around and everything. So, enjoy this. We're certainly having a lot of fun here. Um, Let's go back to the phones here for a second. Let's say hi to Tommy in Connecticut. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Tom, how we doing? Damn, what's up, buddy? Tom, what's the word? How's things? Oh, my God. So, I just wanted to get your your feeling on uh, Herman's performance last night. Didn't, I, I just, I, didn't you just hear me for the last 15 minutes? I gave you everything I had to say about it. You want me to repeat all that? No, 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 no. So... <laughs> I'm Listen, I, I, I have my, uh, you know, personal uh, feelings on him as an individual. Mm-hmm. But I think the performance that he put on should, you know, should be, you know, warranted, you know, a, a, as what it is. You know, whether we, you know, you, you can look at him as, you know, what you want to feel about him personally, but. 27 so what you're what you're saying is what you're saying is do you think do you think that it's fair to separate the two is what you're saying that and that i so i i was uh who was i on i was on the phone with uh with donnie and peter earlier and and it's you know do you separate the art from the artist you know you know do you separate michael jackson do you separate you know whoever and and I think I think you kind of have to because I, that that was that was art right there that that Domingo Hamran did. I think each and every person, and you're no different, Tom. You're a person, right? You're a fan. I think yes, that I, is I am something. A I, 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 yeah, I identify yeah. as a person. <laughs> you identify as a person. You identify as a fan, right? I think that that is a decision and a question that each person has to kind of come to grips with on their own. Like I said earlier. In, in, in my opinion, I think you acknowledge the accomplishment. However, if you want to tell the entire story, you absolutely have to lump in some of those prior transgressions, which I alluded to, and that I think everybody well, with, who's followed with, him with, and the Yankees without, over the last few years have to Without as well. a doubt. I mean, he is, he is not without flaw. I mean, the, you, you, can't, you can't just, like, you know, lump over that. Well, let's put, let, let, let's put it this way. And look, I don't know. And, Tommy, thank you for the phone call, my friend, as always. Here, here's the thing. Whenever they make the Yankeeography on the Yes Network, or I, I, don't, I don't know if Herman's going to get the Yankeeography treatment because generally that's reserved for, like, one player. And is he going to have a career? Yeah, like a Yankee classic or a Yankee great moment. Whenever they do, like, the documentary about this perfect game, I would hope 
that even though that is a pinstripe-driven network, I would hope that they're still honest enough with themselves to where they are also going to talk about some of his missteps in the past before acknowledging the accomplishment on June the 28th. You have to. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't, then I think people are just going to look at it and laugh. And they're just going to look at it and say, like, oh, what do you expect? It's a Yankee bias-driven program. I do think that in telling the entire story of the night, of the accomplishment, you have to include everything. You have to. Sean and Bayonne is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Sean, good evening. What's going on? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I'm a lifelong Sixers fan, and I was at work today when a notification popped up that James Harden opted in, and now the Sixers are trying to trade him teams mentioned are the L.A. Clippers and one, your New York Knicks. I'm just interested in your take on it and who you think the Knicks would actually give up for Harden. Thanks for, well, the, thanks for taking my call. Sean, thanks for the call. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it for, geez, the whole first hour. I, no way, no how, no way, no thanks when it comes to James Harden. That's my attitude as far as the Knicks are concerned. There is no way, no rhyme, no reason, no ounce of rational thought that you could try to convince me that James Harden makes any sense for the Knicks right now at this time where they are in building their program. None whatsoever. So you know what? Philadelphia's going to trade him. Let him go out west. Let him go to the Clippers, right? They're used to not getting to the finals. They're used to not winning the big one. They're used to not getting it done come playoff time. Why should that change at all if James Harden's going to be on your team? Because that's essentially James Harden's career, right? right? Great player going to the Hall of Fame, but do I want a guy at 34 years of age at this point in his career and what he's potentially going to downgrade into? No. And as I said that, speaking of downgrade, Max Scherzer, who's soon going to be celebrating a 40th birthday here pretty soon, in the sixth inning, you know, pitch count gets up there, a little tired. Victor Caratini greets him with a game-tying two-run home run. So the Mets, who had a 2 nothing lead, yeah. Now they uh, don't have a 2 nothing lead. It's 2-2. Victor Caratini. Anyway, speaking of those Mets, and that's what I said I wanted to talk about here because I wasn't on yesterday, right? We took a few days off, even though I only got two of them because I had to end up working on Tuesday because Dave wanted to take off. Whatever. So I'm a good guy. Help out when I can. Steve Cohen had a press conference yesterday. And you guys, look, we've had a lot of talks, you and I, this baseball season. You know how I feel about this team. Regardless of where my allegiances may lie, I'm honest enough, I'm objective enough to tell you exactly what I feel, and you, you can't look at this thing as any other way than a major disappointment and a major underachievement with this 2023 Mets team. The season is over, okay? They're not making the playoffs. They are going to fall way short of expectations. They're going to fall way short of what this team accomplished last year in winning 101 games, right? Now they're not even going to sniff October because when you size them up with the rest of the league, and I don't even know if you pay attention to the rest of baseball or whether or not you just watch the Mets and your local teams, and that's fine. You know, I'm not going to get on it if you do, but they fall way short in any sort of evaluatory metric that you want to use to decide who the best teams in the league are. It's not the Mets. It's a poorly constructed team, and they're not going to be in the playoffs. So the owner had a press conference yesterday. And I don't know, maybe there were people that just are so fed up with the Mets this year 
that when they found out that Steve Cohen was having a press conference, like they expected him that he was going to go in there and like fire everybody. He was going to sit there in the press room at, at City Field and he was just going to say, Buck Walters out, Billy Epler's out, everybody's out. Well, I don't know what would give you that idea because what you ended up hearing from Steve Cohen yesterday really wasn't all that groundbreaking or earth shattering. It kind of fell in line with the comments that he made, what was it, a few weeks ago to Joel Sherman in, in the New York Post. Right. He basically said the same things then than he did yesterday. I watch every game. I'm disappointed. We need to be better. What's wrong? Well, you know what? Forget about me. I'm not going to sit there and paraphrase what he's saying. Let's hear from Steve Cohen on the frustrating start to the season. It's been incredibly frustrating. I watch every game. I see what's going on. If you ask me, you know, would I have expected us to be in this position at the beginning of the season, the answer is no. But here we are, and, you know, hopefully we can right the ship. Listen, we have quality players. For some reason or another, they're not yelling. When we pitch well, we don't hit. When we hit, we don't pitch well. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's actually very strange to me. And I don't know if the players are anxious. I don't know if they're pressing. I mean, I assume that there's a, that's a little bit of that. We see a lot of mental errors that what I call enforced errors. I, you know, obviously we can clean that up. We've lost games because of it. And you know, there's nobody to blame. And it's really across the whole team. Steve, it's not that it's strange. That's the hallmark of a bad baseball team. It's really quite common around the major leagues. Like you see it every year. There's more than a handful of those type of teams who completely exemplify everything that you just laid out, that when they pitch, they don't hit. And when they hit, they don't pitch. And mental errors and base running mistakes and everything under the sun. That's what the Mets are. They're a bad team. You know, we can't even say they're an average team anymore. They're a below average team. I mean, they're eight games under 500. You realize the Marlins won again tonight? They went up to, to, to Fenway Park and they shut out the Red Sox. Marlins were supposed to be like nothing this year. The Marlins are 14 games over 500, and they have a payroll, which is basically like one-thirteenth of what the Mets' payroll is. But yet they somehow find ways to string wins together and play fundamentally sound baseball. One thing I do agree with the owner on, okay, when he talks about reiterating patience – and attracting talent, because this is actually something that I am in lockstep with him as far as trying to be a little bit more patient. Take a listen to this. I'm a patient guy, okay? Now, everybody wants, you know, a headline. Everybody says, fire this person, fire that person. But I, I don't see that as a way to operate. If you want to attract good people to this organization, the worst thing you can do is be impulsive, okay? And win the headline for the day and, not, you know, overall, over time, attract, you know, you're not going to attract the best talent because you're not going to want to work for somebody who, who, who has a short fuse. And I, I, listen, I know fans, that you know, they want something to happen. I get it. But some Sometimes you can't do it, you know, because you have long-term objectives. And I agree with that. And for Yankee fans who aren't old enough to remember how things were in, let's say, the 90s, you know, late 80s, early 90s, before things started to turn, you know, that's what was George Steinbrenner's MO. Firing people left and right. Impatient. Wanted things now. And that's why you had so many changes with that Yankee team. And those Yankee teams, guess what? They didn't win games. They didn't start to turn things around until George Steinbrenner was away from the team. And he was suspended by Major League Baseball. And they let other people run the franchise. And then Gene Michael took over. 
and started to take a methodical approach to developing talent and organizational building. And some of those young prospects that maybe a George Steinbrenner would have traded away, the a la Jeters and the Pettits and the Riveras and so on and so forth, those guys were allowed to continue to flourish through the system. And I don't think I have to tell you how that story ends. So, yeah, I agree 100% with Steve Cohen saying you have to be patient in this situation. Look, everybody around the sport knows that the Mets stink. And that firing people now on June the 29th is not going to fix anything. If you fired the manager today, guess what? The Mets are still not making the playoffs. If you fired Billy Epler today, the Mets are still not making the playoffs. Now, the one thing I will kind of maybe entertain a discussion about as far as the general manager specifically is that the Mets are going to be faced with some tough decisions by August 1st, the trade deadline, right? I think in their best judgment, it should be to sell. And what would kickstart a retooling of this franchise and to hopefully incorporate some young talent into this franchise and organization would be to sell. But somebody's got to pull the trigger on those moves. And if we rewind 12 months ago to the, the trades that Billy Epler made in trying to add to this team, we know how horribly awry those went. Do you as a fan have confidence in him to be the one to pull the trigger on a sell-off, however grand a scale that that's going to be? That would be my concern. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So Mets tied at two. We'll keep an eye on this one. But as far as what the owner said yesterday, guys, hey, I think the final script has been written for this team for 2023. It's not going to get any better. It can only get worse. Only get worse. We come back. We'll tell you how many Mets and Yankees will be starting in the All-Star game. That's already been revealed. Grasso Show till 10, 98.7 ESPN. I've never seen somebody work more during their vacation than Dan Grasso. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.
This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. So what music is this, Harvey? What is this one called? You don't like um, Elvis Crespo? Have you heard of Elvis Crespo? Uh, I, I did three seconds ago. Tremendous. Um, I believe this is salsa music, yes. Great salsa music. Way back the average, in the day. Do you think the average person listening to the show right now knows who Elvis Crespo is? Oh, yeah. Like, seriously. Like, the majority of the people. Like, we should take a poll. Like, people that call in, like, have you heard of Elvis Crespo? If you haven't, I mean, get some variety in your life, you know? Okay. It, variety is the spice of life, as they say. How's that pork belly sitting so far? Oh, it's sitting. It's sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey's it's the sitting. only guy I know who basically eats like the equivalent to a Thanksgiving feast before he starts work. Well, what do you want me to do? I got. I don't think huh? that that because again, like you, you get you got the heavy stomach, and then you're gonna Excuse get me? like the but when you eat a lot, don't you feel heavy? Speak for yourself, my friend. You don't feel stomach. heavy when you eat a lot, like a normal human being. No. Now, what happens afterwards might be heavy, but no. <laughs> and when that happens, you mean? That's right, when it happens. Yeah, exactly. No, but when you eat a lot, you don't get, like, the food coma? That's my point. No, what does that mean? Like, I fall asleep? No. Yeah. No, I don't get sleepy. Man. Are you a robot? Like, are you plugged in, or are you, like, a real human being? You always get tired after you eat a big meal. Um, Normally, after after, like, lunch, yes. But around these times, no. I got to be awake. Apparently, I'm doing a show. Well, now because, you know, you, you've also discovered, like, the, the, the art of coffee, too. Now now you drink more coffee than anybody on this earth. Dude, it's... Right? Ben- I mean, you've, you've, you've seen the light, and now, basically, you've turned the corner. You're, you're Mr. Coffee. You are Mr. You're like Joe DiMaggio. You're Mr. Coffee. I don't know what that means, but anything, any oh, vanilla, vanilla cream coffee or hazelnut is, like, tremendous. That's the, that's the go-to. Uh, vanilla bean one, hazelnut two. They're very close. That works. But this, like, mocha is Mm -hmm. a bit, like, mint. Anything mint, that's a bit overrated. Yeah, I don't, see, I don't do, like, mint and stuff like that. I I don't, I mean, coffee's coffee. But, like, once you, once you start incorporating all these other flavors like that, like mocha, mint, this, like, it's not coffee anymore. Coffee is coffee. All those other things are what those are. No, I hear you. I like I told you the other day I spent like thirty bucks on coffee creamers to experiment which one's like the best one. And I came away with vanilla bean one, hazelnut two. French vanilla is pretty cool. But then there's like there's like vanilla caramel and that's a bit excessive. And then like anything minty is like you take yeah. it or leave it. Well see what happened. You went you you bought all that stuff as a gift, right? Didn't you buy it as a gift for your mom, right? For her birthday? I bought the the coffee machine for her as a gift. Right, and, then and we, now it's rubbed off on you, and now you're Mr. Coffee. It's rubbed off on her, too. She bought. We're buying like 72 packs of K-Cups now. <laughs> Dude, the K-Cup people, they got a racket going on. Let me tell you they something. They are stealing living, man. Stealing. Stealing. The prices on these boxes is ridiculous. I got, I got those. I don't drink it, but my wife's got one of those um, Nespresso machines. Okay. Which is obviously it's like, and it's the same thing. They have their own like pods, like the K cups and things like that. I kid you not, at least once a week, there is a delivery at my door for more of those pods. 
because she's got to keep ordering them because they like you go through them like water. And they don't give you a lot to begin with. Like in each little sleeve that you buy, they only give you like, it seems like six or seven. Because they know they got you. Yeah, it's, that's a bit rough. Six or seven? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. See, if I did this all over again, I'd get in the coffee business. You would have been doing this. No, I said I wouldn't be doing this. I'd be, uh, be getting the coffee business. What's the name Probably of your, less... your brand, your coffee brand? What is my brand? You, you said you want to be in the coffee business. What's the what's the Dan Grassa coffee? The Dan Grassa coffee is, like I said, if I was in the coffee business, it would be making money. I don't care what the brand is. It would just be like, how can I use it to my advantage? I would have to find a way. But just like we talked about, like all this, the people are spending money left and right on all this coffee inventory because there is a market out there for people to consume this stuff. Harvey's drinking it like it's water, for crying out loud. Dude, there are times nowadays where I don't even eat cereal. I just go for the coffee, and that's it. Yeah, but cereal, like, I, cereal's kind of played. That, depending on what cereal you get, that's all, like, that's not good for you. I know you're into, onto the health kick stuff now, but that cereal's not good for you. It's well, all sugar. Well, like I mentioned, variety. You got, put some, like, Nesquik powder in your cereal. What I've done, and my uncle Vinny told me this a while ago, is that he would have Frosted Flakes, and then have milk. Part of a nutritious breakfast. That's blood, right. Uh, Frosted Flakes, yeah. <laughs> and also put. Frosted, like, Frosted Flakes are so nutritious that people eating that stuff, they have hallucin the hallucinations that there's a freaking tiger in their kitchen talking to them while they're sitting there eating their Frosted Flakes. And he would also put Nes <laughs> like chocolate Nesquik on it as well. Yeah, I would say. So Nes So let's see. Frosted Flakes, and we're going to wash it down with some Nesquik. Mmm. Checks all the major food groups right there. How's Uncle Vinny doing these days? He's great. He's great, yeah? Yeah. He used to work at a MTV, he told me one time. He's real good. Real good, dude. Well, tell him to watch the uh, the intake there with the Frosted Flakes. Just take it easy, because we like Uncle Vinny. We want him to uh, have more stories to tell moving forward. Uh, real quick, before we hit the break, All-Star starters were announced tonight for both the American League and the National League. Remember, the All-Star game is a couple of weeks away. No Mets were voted starters. Shocking. Uh, on the American League side, Aaron Judge voted a starter in the American League. The only problem is he's not going to play in the game, but very, very deservedly, he was named a starter on the AL side of things. So congrats to Aaron, and now they got to get that toe worked out so we could get back in the lineup. we got to come back for another hour. We'll do that next. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. You got the heavy stomach. When you eat a lot, don't you feel heavy? Now, what happens afterwards might be heavy.